For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Steven, I have to paint a picture for you and all of our listeners, and I'm going to try to make you uh, jealous and also thirsty at the same time, okay? Last night, I go out on the back deck... It's one of these nice fall evenings, you know, right? It's kind of, you, you can tell it's kind of like before the rain. It's still a little warm outside. It's nice and crisp. I have, a, I have a glass in one hand. I have a nice big rock of ice in that glass. And then I crack open some cocoa bomb whiskey from our sponsor, Heritage Distilling. And I, I pour that over that nice big rock of ice in that glass. And I sit down on my back deck, Stephen, and I listen to the birds chirping. And I watch the sun go down as I drink my Cocoa Bomb Heritage Distilling Company whiskey. Oh, delicious. It's, first of all, it's whiskey, Stephen, but it also tastes like chocolate. Doesn't that sound delicious? Yeah, I, I'm not a big whiskey guy, but it does sound delicious. Ooh, they, they, they extract all of the right floral, herbal, whatever the biological or scientific terms are for whatever's inside of chocolate that makes it so special. And they include it in the distilling process at Heritage Distilling when they make their Cocoa Bomb whiskey. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not putting you on. I was sitting out there last night just sipping away. Feeling like if it was warm, it would taste more like a s'more or something like that. Maybe I got to hit up Heritage, Katie. They got it like a s'more recipe or something. Oof. Cocoa Bomb Whiskey from Heritage Distilling Company. Proud sponsor of the Take 12 podcast. And you guys can pick them up uh, at grocery stores and fine liquor stores up there in in Western Washington. Also check out their ready-to-drink cocktails in a can, Stephen. They mix it all up. They just throw it into a can. You crack it open, pour it over ice. like a. You guys got all the hookups, man. Oh, man. It's the best, the best from Heritage Distilling. You guys support them. They support us, and the world goes round. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show and sponsoring the cold open. And and if you're going to open a Heritage uh, already-made cocktail, make sure it's cold, right, Katie? Oh, yeah. Hence cold the cold is, open. Oh, ice cold. Uh, time to start the show. You ready, Stephen? Yes, sir. He's <laughs> like, that's enough talk about your back deck. Let's talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Take 12, if you want the run uncut, yeah. unapologetic from the jump, yeah. and no politics in this club, just dirt from the streets and the creeks in the mud. Take 12, best podcast for the Seahawks, number one sports talk, yeah, we got it on live. Take 12, every episode 12, hot take, and we rapping for Seattle, my place. Take 12. It's the Take 12 Podcast on the Believe NFL Sports Network. I am your host, Brett Davern. I'm from Edmonds, Washington, and I'm a lifelong Seahawk fan. Usually joining me on every episode is my normal co-host, Lofa Tatupu, former All-Pro linebacker for your Seahawks. 
but the man has a busy dance card today. So I am joined by our good friend Stephen Hagland from the Guilty as Charged podcast, all about the L.A. Chargers. We're going to break down the upcoming matchup this weekend between our Seahawks and their Chargers. Uh, you guys can find them on all podcast apps. It's the Guilty as Charged podcast. Steven, Tyler, and Alex holding it down for the Chargers over there. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let me tell you about uh, another one of our fine sponsors. I'm coming to you guys live from the Wiener Schnitzel Virtual Studio, two locations in Western Washington, Everett and Fife. Go on in, mention the Take 12 podcast, get a free soda with any other purchase at Wiener Schnitzel in Western Washington. That's right. There are Wiener Schnitzels right in our backyard, and they are delicious. Corn dogs, chili dogs, uh, burgers. By, by the way, you can get everything with chili or without. It's delicious both ways. Uh, they got bratwurst with sauerkraut, root beer dipped ice cream cones, Stephen. That sounds delicious. I love root beer floats. Right? So, uh, an ice cream cone? Heck yes. I mean, yeah. everybody's had the chocolate dipped ice cream cone, but a root beer dipped ice cream cone? It's one of a kind. That sounds pretty fire. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fire. Check it out at Wiener Schnitzel, everybody. Let them know the Take 12 podcast sent you. Once again, two locations, Everett and Fife. Do something different for lunch today. Uh, Steven, big game coming up this weekend. Your four and two Chargers uh, against our three and three, I think, surprising Seahawks here in the NFC West, a matchup of two West Coast teams, of course. Uh, you guys played the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football last, so we're getting you guys on a bit of a short week. And Justin Herbert also threw almost like 700 passes in that game. Um, <laughs> let me just get your yeah. uh, sort of like uh, generic or not generic, of course, but your give me your hot take, Stephen, on this game coming up this weekend. Yeah, well, if uh, you go find me on uh, Twitter, you'll you'll see I have pinned on my uh, my tweet uh, a take of mine from back in March that. Uh, Khalil Mack was going to move the needle more for the Chargers than Russell Wilson did for the Broncos. Whoa. Uh, and I think that's uh, been my best take of the year so far. Uh, and obviously, big shout out to uh, Gino up there in uh, Seattle crushing it, yeah. making everybody look kind of foolish there in uh, Denver. So, um, no, in, in all seriousness, I'm really excited about this game. This should be much more of an offensive-driven game than what we saw on Monday night with two really good defenses going at it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, obviously, there's the uh, Uchitena and Wosu potential revenge game as well, which will uh, drive some interest as well. Uh, you know, remind, on top of remind everybody else, so. what you're talking about with that. Uh, yeah, so Chena and Wosu uh, obviously spent the first four years of his career with the Chargers. Um, we were told on our show that uh, they had a deal in place to bring Uchenna back mm -hmm. uh, until the very start of free agency when they were able to go out and acquire. Uh, Khalil Mack, and uh, we were also told that Uchenna felt a very certain way about uh, being disrespected by that move. So yeah. uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, I would definitely look for Chenna to play the best game of his uh, his career on uh, Sunday. Oh, so, that has me excited. Uh, should be man. a fun matchup for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that has me excited. I'm excited to see how he does in this game. I wanted to talk to you, though, about because... Uh, well, about our defense, because, you know, we think there will be a lot of points scored in this game. However, our Seahawks defense finally found something last week against Kyler Murray and Arizona, and the defense only gave up three points. 
uh, six more came on a you know a, a, a play on special teams and, and all of that. It wasn't really on the defense. So uh, we only gave up three to the Cardinals. And like you said, uh, the Chargers they only put up uh, what was it nineteen, but the you know the final three came in overtime. So overtime, yeah. sixteen in in uh, in you know regular time. And like I said, Herbert. I mean, thirty-seven of fifty-seven, but he threw sixty passes. I mean. Is he going to be tired coming off the short week? I mean, <laughs> like I said, the D- Seahawks defense has improved. Uh, you know, your guys' defense is good. We, well, I think we could see a low-scoring one here. I think that's always possible. You know, I feel like anytime there's a lot of, like, shootout talk uh, in particular games, it ends up being lower-scoring than people think. Yeah. Um, you know, Justin threw, um, I think it was 52 passes against the Jaguars coming right off of that rib injury. Yeah. Uh, and then he followed it up with the game against Houston that was just really, really efficient. Um, you know, so that's one thing that we have really come to love and respect about Justin Herbert is that, you know, if he has a bad game, he's almost always going to follow it up with a really good game the next week. So um, the short week, I'm not super worried about for Justin. You know, the Chargers have some other injuries um, that they're dealing with um, that those are more concerning for me. Uh, than Justin Herbert not bouncing back and having a good game. And, um, you know, the Denver defense is is fantastic. I think it's the best defense in the league right now. Um, doing some great things up front, doing some great things with Patrick Sertan. Uh, they got Justin Simmons back, which absolutely, you know, paid dividends for them in that game. So uh, we went into the Seahawks or, or to the Broncos game, excuse me, expecting a low scoring affair just because of how good the Broncos defense is. There was no Keenan Allen. Uh, our right tackle was banged up. So um, Corey Lindsley wasn't playing in that game. So we expected a low scoring game. And, and obviously that's how it played out, unfortunately, for uh, the national TV audience. Well, this isn't Russ bashing at, at all. You guys just happened to play Russ last. And so that's that's what I'm going <laughs> off of here. And the quarter, let's just talk about it like this so that people don't say, because, you know, we're a Seahawks show and, and, and people are just, oh, they're all over Russ all the time. OK, let's just talk about it like this then. The quarterback you played last uh, he didn't really do anything in the second half. Um, no. How much was that the Chargers defense versus, uh, you know, maybe him not being able to find open guys, frankly? I think it was a mix of both, right? Okay. You know, Russell, there were definitely some opportunities he had. Who? Uh, you mean, you mean like, the quarterback oh, you played last, right? Yeah, the quarterback we played last. Okay, we're doing that. All right, I got you. Uh, Yeah, the quarterback the Chargers played on Monday night certainly had some opportunities, uh, you know, over the middle of the field. If you go back and watch that game, uh, Khalil Mack had a sack late in the second quarter, um, and Greg Dulcich, their rookie tight end, was like chilling at the, you know, in the middle of the field, and and the other quarterback could have easily hit him uh, for at least a a sizable game, you know, a game, excuse me, you know, seven, eight yards, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, he just doesn't look in the middle of the field. So, um, there were certainly some opportunities, but the Chargers defense did a great job, in my opinion, stopping the run, setting up some third and long situations, um, and Khalil Mack, Morgan Fox, um, and the rest of that defensive line were really able to, uh, get after him. And then, you know, they dialed out some great blitzes with Derwin James, Drew Tranquil. So, um, you know, the, the Chargers love doing these designer looks to get Drew and Derwin, uh, you know, blitzing more frequently. And, you know, if your offense is is consistently living in third and long situations against the Chargers, like they're going to make you pay for it because of those blitz packages that they're able to 
uh, draw up with uh, Derwin and Drew, like I said. Well, we in, here in Seahawk land are in love with Geno Smith. Uh, Geno F. As you rightfully should. Geno time. He's having a great season. Um, if he keeps playing like this and we add a few more wins to the to the column that only matters, you know, maybe we're talking some MVP votes down the line. He's just he's having a great season. Um, and he's a little bit more accurate right now, especially than the quarterback you played last week. And so I think we're hoping he does look down the little bit down the middle a little bit more and find some of those guys for sure. Um, what about fourth down with you guys and your crazy coach who uh, <laughs> uses all four downs all the time, which I kind of love. I mean, as a fan, it's really exciting to think that he'll go from for it from anywhere on the field and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's it's opened up this whole talk with fans and, and with analysts in the league about analytics versus your gut or when you should go for it or, you know, your side of the 50, their side of the 50. I mean, the conversations are endless. Uh, but how do you feel as a Chargers fan with all this stuff that's going down? Yeah, uh, he actually has been much more conservative this season than he was last season. Uh, you know, <laughs> last season he, they went for it uh, for the most amount of times in the league on fourth downs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you looked at the uh, um, Ben Baldwin always tweets out those graphics, right, of, of who should go for it when they're supposed to. The Chargers were at the top for the whole season. And this year they're, I think, 12th. Uh, in the league in in fourth down attempts and 12th in the league in that regard. So he's been more conservative this year. Some of that is obviously due to the fact that he trusts their defense more often. Mm-hmm. Some of it is that they actually have a good punter this year. Um, I, I'm, I wish it would be kind of in the middle, me personally, from last year and this year. Last year, um, I totally understood why he was hyper aggressive because the defense was just it was not very good. Um, and you obviously have Justin Herbert. You trust him to make those plays. And for the most part, it worked out. A lot of people point to kind of what happened in uh, week 18 against the Raiders. And and that's kind of like what people remembered last. But, you know, if you go back and watch the whole season from last year, you know, they don't beat the Bengals without his aggressive mentality. They don't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City without that mentality or the Eagles in Philly. So I wish there were a better balance to me. He's he's Brandon said he has kind of swung too far to the opposite side of of the aggressive pendulum, if you will. I, I wish there was a better balance between last year and this year so you like it you don't like it it's situational I like I mean, how it. do you feel sitting I on like your couch it. yeah you like it okay yeah i yeah. would too i mean you got a young quarterback he's a stud he's probably a generational talent or could be and you might as well let him see what he can d- get done it's just from your own 30 or 40 sometimes it can get a little dicey i i guess yeah yeah, yeah they did it again he, he was pretty aggressive against the texans which i ideally would not like to be in that situation <laughs> um but it worked against the texans they did it well um, the decision to go for it um, when they did against the Browns to me was the worst decision that he's made in terms of game management because the, the Browns only needed, you know, like 15 yards to be in, in reasonable field goal range. Yeah. They ended up only getting like six or seven and, and thankfully missed a 54 yard field goal, I think it was. Um, so that decision was very bad and the Chargers were very lucky to come out on the opposite side in that regard. But for the most part, I think Brandon Staley is smart with his fourth down decisions. Um, ideally I would like to see them be like at midfield or beyond it to right. start going for fourth down. Right. Yeah. But in general, I, I like it. I think he trusts Justin Herbert to make the plays. And this year, you know, like I said, I think he has a defense to uh, hold up for the most part in, in those situations if they don't convert. 
Interesting. I want to get the injury report from the Chargers' perspective. Uh, the injury report this week brought to you by our friends at EpicSeats.com. Go to EpicSeats.com, whether you're buying or selling seats. Maybe you got uh, Seahawks seats that you're looking to get rid of for some reason. I don't know why. The team's playing great, but maybe you want to do that. Maybe you get, you're a Kraken season ticket holder. You're looking to sell those, or you got tickets to a concert or anything. If you want to sell tickets that you're holding on to, go to EpicSeats.com. It's a local company out of Seattle. Uh, the, the guys that own it and run it are all born and raised in Seattle and all that. So local company, epicseats.com. Mention Take 12 for an extra $12 per ticket when you're selling tickets or 12% off when you spend $100 if you're buying tickets on Epic Seats. It's epicseats.com, everybody. And it's the injury report from Steven from a Chargers perspective. Who's hurt? Who's banged up? Who do we not have to worry about? And who's questionable? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest name, obviously, is going to be Keenan Allen. He's he's mm-hmm. missed the last five games with a hamstring injury. Um, so it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster there. You know, he's an older player. The hamstring has given him some problems. Um, the expectation was going to be that he was going to play in the Houston game, um, and then he actually re-aggravated the injury. So mm. uh, essentially, this is two different hamstring injuries, if you will. Um, he told ESPN's Lindsay theory last week that he was targeting a return for this week, um, uh, against your Seattle Seahawks. So we'll, we'll see there. Um, the chargers beat reporter for the athletics says that, uh, he kind of views it as like a 50, 50 chance because the chargers have a bye next week. Mm, um, so right. essentially you'd get, you know, two week, two more weeks off for Keenan Allen with only missing the one more game. So we'll see there. Um, the one that obviously people are, are kind of talking about this week from a Chargers perspective is Joshua Kelly. Uh, the Chargers second running back finally had like a, a bit of a breakout game last week against the Browns, really able to separate himself from Sony Michelle. And then he actually got hurt on like the second kickoff of the game. So he was, he was, he's a core four special teamer as well. Um, we should see Isaiah Spiller, who they drafted in the fourth round last year. Um, there's a chance we might, they might choose Larry Roundtree because of his ability on special teams. So we'll see what happens there, but you know, that's a big downgrade going from Joshua Kelly and Sony Michelle to Sony Michelle and potentially Larry Roundtree for the chargers rushing attack. Um, and then Dustin Hopkins, the chargers kicker who, uh, very notably was in pain on Monday night. Uh, he's out for potentially four weeks. So Mm. they'll, uh, they signed, uh, Taylor Bertolette for the Browns game. Uh, so he'll be the kicker. He made all his kicks against the Browns. Uh, but obviously now he's going to be kicking for the team for probably the next month or so. Uh, so we'll see there. And then Corey okay. Lindsley, like I said earlier, missed Monday night with food poisoning. Uh, he should be back. And then uh, Trey Pipkins, their right tackle, has been pretty playing pretty well, has an MCL sprain. It's not serious enough where he'll miss games, but he was, he was pretty clearly not himself uh, on Monday night against hmm. the Broncos. Uh, who's got besides Gino? We talked about Gino, but other than that, um, who's got you a little nervous from uh, in Charger Land on our Seahawks? Like, is there someone who kind of keeps you awake at night? Yeah, I mean, it has to be DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, JC Jackson. I'm sure people who watched the game on Monday night really saw what has happened. The Chargers, of course, signed him to a big five year, hundred million dollar contract. Um, you know, or 18, I guess it was 85 or whatever. Um, anyways, they're paying Jason <laughs> Jackson a lot of money million. to come here and be, uh, you know, a, a true cornerback one. And it hasn't really panned out. He had a, a weird ankle surgery situation um, right before the season started. 
He missed the first week, came back for the second week, suffered a setback, missed the third week. And he's not playing well. He got benched for Michael Davis on Monday night against the Broncos. Um, and the passing attack for the Broncos really uh, suffered because of that. Yeah. That's obviously not an ideal situation. So um, we'll see what happens there. Asante Samuel Jr., really solid cornerback number two. Um, Bryce Callahan's really good in the slot. But, you know, if we're talking about Michael Davis or or a bad J.C. Jackson covering D.K. Metcalf, I think that could be an area that uh, Geno is able to exploit a little bit. Well, uh, and, and then Kenneth Walker, too, has been very impressive as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, in regards to the receivers, last week, I think Tyler and DK both only ended with two reception a, receptions apiece, even though they were targeted. I think DK was targeted nine times. Tyler was targeted seven. So you know they want to get them going this week. So hopefully that's yeah. bad news for you guys. Um, Kenneth Walker was actually who I was going to bring up next because he's got to be one of the hottest players people are adding and dropping out there in their fantasy leagues. If they, I don't know why they would have had him already. <laughs> Maybe they were just I hoping, drafted him in two. Pray, so oh, I'm you did? Okay. Right well, hey, there you go. Uh, you've had him for the long haul then. I mean, he looked great. The rookie looks good. You hate to see Rashad Penny go down, of course. Uh, but I mean, he stepped in and he looks fast and we're excited up here. But you guys, you said you were stout against the run. Um, so we'll see what, how how Kenneth's able to do on Sunday. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. What, what well, about, I will say. Yeah, go ahead. I will say that the Chargers have had a and have had a big issue with like allowing explosive runs. Oh, good. Um, so the, they're, they're stout along the defensive line. You know, they signed Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, traded for Cleo Mack. Um, Kyle Vanoy is a good edge rusher against the run. So they're good along the defensive line. Um, Drew Tranquil is their their best linebacker. He's good against the run. Um, but if Kenneth can get to the second level, then the Chargers could be in trouble because they don't have, outside of Derwin James, they don't have secondary players that like to tackle a whole lot. So um, that was a big problem against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, it was a big problem against Damian Pierce, the other rookie running back. So, um you know, if the Chargers are, are, you know, playing sound schematically, they sh- they theoretically shouldn't let Kenneth Walker get to the second level. Uh, but if he does, it, it's it's curtains like, he'll, you know, if he's able to get past that, you know, he's probably going to end up with like a 50 yard touchdown in this game. Mm. Uh, so I'm definitely concerned about Kenneth Walker. As oh, well. good. You hear that? It's, Seahawks it's fans? just that. Yeah. You know, it's just that the J.C. Jackson situation is is definitely looming large right, right. now. And that's kind right. of the talk of the town. So, yeah, uh, that's why I started with D.K. But Kenneth definitely concerned me as well. Yeah, no, I got you. All right. Well, hey, that's good news for us then. Hopefully uh, <laughs> some of that comes to fruition. Um, if you guys are looking to wager on this game or any games, head on over to our uh, friends at betonline.ag. Everybody use our promo code Believe50, spelled our way, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 believe 50 for a 50% welcome bonus, whether you're betting on the major league baseball playoffs that are going on. The NBA just started up, I think a couple nights ago, obviously football's in full swing, hockey's up and running, uh, all kinds of sports out there. They also have a 24 seven online casino that never closes with table games and all kinds of stuff. So betonline.ag, whether you're using the app or the browser is the place to go to make your wagers today. Uh, Steven, um, I mean, if you were a wagering man, like how, how do you kind of see the AFC West shaping up? You know, there's a lot of talk preseason about best divisions in football, who's going to be tough, this and that, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, the NFC West was talked about as being one of the toughest divisions in football, but that hasn't really happened yet so far this year. But what's going on in the AFC West? 
Yeah, you know, there was a lot of uh, offseason talk about the Chiefs' demise, which I, I never bought into. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, that's just too good of a head coach quarterback duo. So right. uh, I do expect the Chiefs to ultimately win the division uh, out here in the AFC West. Uh, I think the Chargers are pretty clearly the second team in this division. Um, while I'm very happy about the Raiders' demise, I was not expecting it to right. be this bad yeah. right away. I don't think anyone um, did. No. So, I mean, it's definitely not lived up to the expectations, but I, I still think, you know, the chiefs will be, you know, the one or the two seed, depending on how the Buffalo bills end up playing. I, I think bills probably end up being the one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the chiefs will be very good. They'll be right there in the end. Um, I do, I do think the chargers will make the playoffs, but I, I think obviously the expectations are dampered a little bit after all the injuries and everything that's been going on uh, down there in Los Angeles. But I, I still think that they'll, at least potentially sneak into the playoffs, win nine games, 10 games, something like that. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the only two, you know, I don't think the Broncos bounce back from this. I don't think the Raiders bounce back from this. Uh, so definitely a, a disappointment overall. Be honest. How many times do you say San Diego when you're talking about this team? Cause it almost comes out of my mouth every single time I even think about them. Uh, me never, uh, I, I never call them San Diego. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, location spelling grammar all right, all right. stickler so well, i bring it up because uh i i listen spend a lot of time in los angeles i'm an actor all that kind of stuff i mean the chargers they kind of get they're not getting the respect they deserve you guys if you go down to la there's billboards for the rams that say like whose house on it and stuff. I mean, the Rams have fully just decided that LA is theirs and that stadium is theirs. I mean, they literally say whose house. I mean, the answer is there's two teams that play there, Rams yeah, yeah. and and the Chargers are one of them. But man, they they kind of locally down there. They I don't know, man. They they kind of they fly under the radar. That's for sure. But they also just get kind of pummeled with the Rams marketing. How does that sit with Chargers fans? The situation is unique for both sides. I mean, the Rams. Are, are definitely more noticeable, like in, in the Inglewood and downtown LA area. The Chargers have really focused more on like the Orange County kind of market. So there's a lot of season ticket holders that, uh, you know, make up the drive there. Closer and, to San know, Diego they also. Do training camp. Yeah, you know, they do, they do training camp down in Costa Mesa. So that's been uh, a successful marketing tool for them. So uh, I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, everybody kind of talks about the fan perspective. The reality is that they're both in a very similar situation. Um, even though the Rams have won a Super Bowl, like they they are they're still doing with like stadium takeovers, just like the Chargers are. Oh, I mean, yeah. We all saw what happened with opening night with Bills fans, and yeah. um, you know they had a Cowboys fan takeover recently as well. So um, I wasn't at the game on Monday night, but people who were there said it was about sixty five forty five Chargers fans. So eventually, after everybody got there, after all the LA traffic and things like that, so. <laughs> I mean, it's a long haul for both teams, right? Like people want to only focus on the Chargers, but we all saw a Niners home game in the playoffs in SoFi Stadium when it was in Inglewood. So um, both teams are kind of struggling with the same thing. And the Raiders are doing doing the same thing too in Vegas. Well, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Chargers. I, I, I actually do because I think I'm pretty sure the first Seahawks game I ever went to in the Kingdom in the late 80s was Seahawks v. Chargers in the like navy blue Chargers uh, unis and stuff. Yeah, the retros. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so so there's that. And then also, you know, I can't root for the Rams in anything just because we obviously share the same division <laughs> and there's all the rivalry going back to St. Louis and all of that kind of stuff. 
So yeah. I would rather see the Chargers. And by the way, the Chargers have better uniforms than the Rams all day long. 100%. All 100%. day long, better logo. The lightning bolt is way cooler than just the silly curly Q horns and all that. So I have this <laughs> soft spot for the Chargers, and I don't. I kind of don't like to see them getting disrespected in their own stadium. It it, it irks me. And if if I was a Chargers fan, it would irk me to no end. Believe me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I hate the Rams uniforms. They're too like soccery for me. Totally with, like, the glossy numbers and the I chrome. Absolutely it's, agree. It's, Yes. It's a little bit too much for me. So I completely, um, you know, if you're able to ever go to a SoFi game, you know, I would definitely encourage it um, from a Chargers perspective. The Chargers put a lot of money into their production department. So, cool. you know, I've heard people who've gone to both games say that the Rams games are just like really boring. That There's there's just not a lot of production things in there. So, hmm. um, you know, the Chargers have put a lot of effort into like that side of the game. It's a much more. Uh, you know, consumer friendly environment, if you will. They do a lot more, cool. uh, like I said, just like musical aspects of things and contests and their game day host does a really good job. So um, the Chargers home games are a lot of fun for sure. Okay. Well, if you guys want to check out the Chargers versus Seahawks game this weekend, our friends at Epic Seats are giving away two tickets. You guys just got to hey. find Lofa's post online where he, he gives out a movie quote and then you guys just, you know, <laughs> fill it in who it is and we'll put everybody's name in a hat. It's usually pretty easy. Uh, so multiple winners, but we put uh, the names in a hat, draw one out, and we will send two lucky fans, uh, whether you're Chargers fans or Seahawks fans, to be honest, uh, to this game. It is in L.A., so if you're in Seattle and you don't want to make the trek or anything like that, or you do want to make the trek and you're looking for tickets, uh, check us out on social media, and you could win tickets from us and Epic Seats. Um, also... Score predictions. That's where I was going next, Stephen. Uh, we do the score predictions on the show because we run a score prediction challenge on our social media at Take Twelve Pod on all social media, where you guys predict the outcome of the game down to the points, and if you nail it, we'll give you a fifty dollars gift certificate from our friends at Simply Seattle. And if you get close enough, if you're the one who got the closest. Uh, we will give you a $25 gift card from our friends at Simply Seattle. Steven, how do you think this one shapes up ultimately? Uh, yeah, so I, I do think uh, this ends up being a relatively high-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be like high 40s or anything like that. Um, you know, I think both teams end up getting close to the 30-point mark. Um, for me, it's just, uh, you know, Corey Lindsley, Keenan Allen coming back for the Chargers is going to be a huge boost for them. Um, I do expect the Chargers to, you know, come out victorious in that because, I mean, they've been able to really put some games together, not on Monday night, obviously, but uh, really bounce back in a big way against the Texans and the Browns uh, without Keenan Allen. So they'll get Keenan Allen back. I, I do expect him to play uh, and and give this Chargers team the boost that they need. So I would say uh, Chargers win probably 33 to 28. Okay. I'm going to say that this one is low scoring, lower scoring than we all think it's going to be early. Wow. Um, and then a few, maybe like a quick, you know, how sometimes the ends of the games, they'll just like score points quick. And so the final score won't really reflect what happened for the whole game. You know, I mean, I sure. think this one could be an ugly like, you know, 13 to 10, you know, for like the in, at halftime or something like that. And then halfway through yeah. the third quarter, it kind of stays that way. And we get into the fourth and then maybe some points. So I'm going to go Seahawks 26, Chargers 24. 
But like a lot of scoring between the mid third and the final end, and we're going to be yeah. all entertained at the end, and we're going to forget about the sort of boring first half that we watched that set it up. I don't know. So That's like a game winning touchdown or something, or something like, like that. that. Yeah, something final drive. You know, I mean, we got two quarterbacks here that are looking good. They're playing well for their teams. These teams are exciting and entertaining to watch. I think, I think at the end of the day, we're all going to have an entertaining football game to watch, which is what we all want. And uh, of course, we want to Seahawk win. So hopefully. We get that. Steven, uh, I appreciate your time here, man. Thanks for jumping on and, and helping us out today. Uh, you guys can find Steven and Tyler and Alex on the Guilty as Charged podcast, wherever you find podcasts. They're on social media at GAC Podcast 17, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, that is correct. Nice. Yeah. And then you can find Steven at Steven I Hagland on uh, social media. We're out of here, though, guys. That's enough for us today. It is, it is closing time. Steven, dude, th- just thanks a lot, man. Thanks for your perspective. Yeah, appreciate it. Happy to jump on anytime. Yeah, thanks, man. We got to jump on your show. If you know, Get get the big guy on your show. Come over there, there and uh, tussle you guys' hair or give you noogies or whatever he does. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's it for Take 12, everybody. Uh, Check out our sponsors, Wiener Schnitzel, two locations, Everett and Fife. Mention Take 12 for a free small soda with any purchase. Heritage Distilling Company, the Cocoa Bomb Whiskey, and the ready-to-make cocktails poured over ice. BetOnline.ag, EpicSeats.com, and, of course, Simply Seattle. Also, our Germany trip, everybody. We're still selling tickets. We're going to go see the Hawks play in Germany against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich. Uh, The trip is now just basically a one-day travel package that is a morning brunch and breakfast meet and greet with six Seahawks legends at the breakfast. You get to hang out and, I don't know, they'll sign whatever you want or you just they'll stand around telling football stories, whatever that is. Uh, And then we'll get transportation over to the game. You get an authentic game ticket to the game right there. We get into the stadium, we go watch the game, and then we also, after the game, get transportation to an exclusive after party on the ground in Munich, Germany uh, that you'll only be able to get into if you buy tickets from us. So check it out. Uh, what else, Katie? Anything else before we get out of here officially? No. No. All right. Steven, hands up. We break it down uh, like the players do after practice. So hands in the <laughs> middle. This was, a, this was a great episode, a great pod, a great practice. Steven, thank you for joining us. Katie, what should we break it down to? What do you think? Germany, uh, Kenneth Walker having a good game. He might come back and have a good Gino, Gino time. We've broken down to Gino before. Though. Hey, I, I'm all for Gino. I'm all for Gino. You know, he's <laughs> he doesn't my, want my No, Russell he's scared Wilson of Kenneth Walker. Really good. No, he's scared of Kenneth Walker. We're breaking it down to K9. <laughs> K9 on three, K9 on me. One, two, three. K9. K9. <laughs> hey, that also works because Kenneth Murray, number nine for the Chargers. Let's go. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.